0: Now beginning transmission 140. Underwater welder. File under family drama. <音声> Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't burn shit? I'll oh, fuck to take all you want. Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater
1: Podcast. 好い本と雑誌ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。
2: Ignore
0: her. She drinks. Each week a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar. attempt to pair cocktails
3: with
0: comic books. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know no, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> we now join Brian, Jeremiah, Adam, and Todd.
4: They're used to curious sights, which they
0: attribute to alcoholic delusions.
3: They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. I'm too sober for this
0: shit. Here is a drinking game to play while you listen to this episode. Please drink responsibly and don't take it too seriously. And if you don't like it, blame William. Take a drink anytime Mr. Porg decides to interject himself into the conversation.
1: Pork. You need to take a drink anytime Manny Bothhands makes an appearance and I get groans and fuck yous from Adam and
2: Maya. Fuck Manny Bothhands! Manny Bothhand is pure genius. Take a drink anytime someone refers to me as the cum dumpster. Take a drink every time the shame bell makes an appearance.
0: Shame! Also, take a drink anytime uh, we act like the member berries from South Park. Remember when they were on South Park?
1: I'm
0: Yeah, I won't take a drink
2: every time we do the bad German accent, yeah. Ah, drink, fucker.
0: If you have any suggestions for rules you would like to add, email us at funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com or use the contact link on our website, funnybooksandfirewater.com.
1: I do, I do.
4: I think I got that documented for your dog. <laughs> <laughs> daddy wants out. a mustache ride. Why are you always hanging out with Uncle Adam? That's weird. (laughs) Mommy cries every time you go and hang out with Uncle Adam. Why is that? Because she said I could. (laughs) Only if you want to. That's right. Uh, Cool. Uh, Welcome to episode 140 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Hooray. We've made it this far without killing each other. Hooray. Uh, 140 (laughs) weekly episodes.
1: When we have a lost one, right? We
4: do have a lost one that hasn't come out yet. Okay. Which I would, you know, I'm saving it for either when we desperately are in need of uh, putting something out there and we haven't done anything, or uh, I'm also, I might just put it back out next Pride and we'll just, you know. Say,
1: we'll here you go.
2: That, that was yeah. actually also an episode I think we, I really liked that book too.
1: Yeah. What was, what was, we was we that was
4: Exit
2: Stage Left.
0: Mm. Yeah. That, one's that was great. great. Oh,
4: that one never <laughs> got put out? Uh, no, because I, it was one of those things where it's like I was working in Utah and like, I realized that I hadn't even started editing it and it was supposed to come out at midnight and I was driving home from the theater at like yeah. 11 o'clock at night and I was like, well, that's nope. not fucking happening. So, and I was in the middle of tech rehearsals for some show. I don't even remember what show it was, but I was in tech rehearsals for some show. Um, come on, Brian, show-
1: what do we pay you for? I don't know. They, they already, Wait, paid people get already paid me. I already spent the money. Oh, oh yeah. Brian about. gets, a, I'm going to give you double the raise, Brian. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, for- just like the M&M. Double people. the raise
4: for what I'm currently making to do this show? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, man. No problem. I'm happy I, to do so. I appreciate that.
1: So what am I paying you right now? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> zero times two is still zero. Math is fun. Hey, don't tell uh, that to Terrence Howard.
4: Uh, I mean, I guess if you count how much money I spend on this, that might go into negative <laughs> numbers. So, you know, I might owe you more money or something like that. But, so, yeah. uh, we'll make it up in volume. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs>
4: I don't see the logic of that at all, but that's okay.
0: Cool. Uh, by, the, by the way, join our Patreon. Yeah. We,
1: no, we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> there's no Patreon. No. We could start selling, like, Viagra pills or something.
3: I don't know. I, yeah. keep I think a, there's a very small market um, for that. <laughs> no pun intended.
0: <laughs> look, look up Blue Chew. Blue it's, Chew? Uh, there's Viagra chew- gum? They're Viagra, like, chewables that are off-brand that you can just get over the internet.
4: So for grown-ass men who can't swallow a oh pill, they have
0: to
1: have chewables?
0: Like <laughs> I, I hear they're awesome.
1: Until after four hours and you have to go to the hospital. You know, I imagine Hugh Hefner would have something to say about that.
0: Yeah, a couple couple other podcasts I listen to have been promoting it.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just... Well, we're not getting paid to promote it. So <laughs> no, we're not. With. So fuck Blue Chew and screw <laughs> yeah. you guys. Unless you want to pay us money, then or, yeah. or, 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 call or, me. Or,
0: or send us product to try out, then we'll talk about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do we want? Free shit.
0: Yeah. When do we want?
2: it? We don't care. All right. So, going back to that conversation, <laughs> I, I keep on getting ads on Facebook for, like, erectile dysfunction pills. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are you... Do you know something I don't?
0: It's when You're like, a man you're, of
2: a certain age.
0: It's because when you're home... But when you're asleep, I go and talk about erectile dysfunction by your phone, so Facebook listens to me. <laughs> I'm so happy for that. <laughs> there you go.
4: Yeah, that is a creepy feature, by the way. That's that's another part of the reason why I'm not really on Facebook ever anymore.
1: But oh well, that's how it goes. That's it's just Amazon's doing it more stealthier than they are. I don't even think it's that stealthy. I still like I will. I talk said stealthier. About
4: yeah. Uh, sure uh anyway so uh yeah welcome to episode 140 we are doing our month of uh family drama uh mm-hmm. for the holidays is that, do we call it family drama do we call it, yeah we call it family drama I think yeah I'm I'm sure. sure
1: everyone just oh. loves each other peace love and harmony peace love and harmony or not so much
4: uh no this that week, other thing mm-hmm. that other thing uh so this week we are doing underwater welder written and illustrated by jeff lemire my boyfriend the love of my comic book life
2: uh proves that
1: yeah. not all canadians <laughs> are bad <laughs> Hashtag not all Canadians. Not all Canadians. Man. There's some very fine people on both sides of that board. Very both, fine sides of the both sides. Both
2: sides of there, there was a great thing on uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart back when it was him about this like old dude like in Idaho who would sit at the Canadian-Idaho-US border to watch for like people trying to legally cross.
0: <laughs> That's
2: fantastic. Yeah. Did a whole interview with him, too. It was amazing. Um, nobody did he ever cares. see anybody? Uh, I believe he did, but I think okay. it was people just fucking with him. Because oh. <laughs> I'd be tempted. This was back. Well, this is back in the good old days when Obama was in office. So mm-hmm. uh, people actually yeah. wanted to come to America
0: yeah. before the dark times. Before, before the dark the times. Yeah.
2: And he who must not be named.
4: Uh, speaking of that, that'll have to do with part. Of, well, maybe one more. Rec- I don't know. I'm going to recommend something else. So last night I did. Uh, I've me and a group of people I've worked with who were all like programmers and troubleshooters by trade. Like that's literally what we do. We have gotten into doing a lot of um, escape rooms, which. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're as popular in utah but in california they're they they okay there are a fuck ton of them out here like an epic fuck ton. and the one we did last night was actually uh harry potter themed uh, it was based off of the uh chamber of secrets and mm-hmm. uh, we escaped we were 10 minutes off of the record like we if we've we done it, like switch is you know yeah. 10 minutes while. is a long time yeah that's all it <laughs> really
1: is
2: it's like
4: actually, it no so... it wasn't it was one minute i'm sorry i was, I was doing the math wrong Yes, because the the record was thirteen minutes left. We we had twelve minutes left, so we were oh, a minute okay. off. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of a different uh, different uh,
2: escape room. Sure, you can escape me. my room. Uh, <laughs>
0: In In my, my chamber can, of secrets.
2: Can, 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 can Your can chamber you, of secrets. they are so
0: secret. of secrets.
4: <laughs> this chamber has no windows and no doors. But it's got a uh, tunnel. <laughs> See, so, yeah, I've talked about theater. Mr. Porg has <laughs> made an appearance. Uh, we just <laughs> need to talk in German accents, so and we're going to get
1: everybody fucked up. Oh, Yo, do do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's
2: time for drink, ring, fuckers. Yeah,
1: yeah. So going back a little bit to He you Should Not Be Named, it, um, so sometimes I hear him referenced just as 45, because <laughs> where he falls in line. Uh-huh. And it really recasts the song by Shinedown talking about <laughs> him in a 45. And there's not a lot left going on. So as,
2: as much as I knew it wouldn't have happened, I was just to be spiteful and petty after they started, you know, printing up all this stuff that, you know, Trump, 45th president of the U.S., blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was really hoping that Obama would just step down and let Biden become president <laughs> for like a day. <laughs> so I would <literally laughs> just fuck up. I'm 46. You're going to have the job for a day. It was petty and spiteful. And of course it wouldn't happen. But I read something on like, on, like uh, Twitter about that. I was like, that would be so fucking amazing. Like, how great would that be? Fucking awesome.
4: let Biden be the president for a week.
2: Like, give him a full week. Just call it good, you know?
0: Unky, Unky, Joe. Unky Joe. Unky
2: Joe. By yeah. the way, Unky Joe, please don't run for president 2020. Yeah, stunt Or for Hillary.
4: No, you know who I think should run? The only Uncle. person who I really think would. I, I, this is, It's a slightly terrible idea. I, I think Oprah take... should run.
3: No. Uh. No.
2: Because <laughs> she'd fucking win. That's what why about. No, we should get The Rock.
0: The Rock would
4: win. I'd be down. If a Rock Oprah ticket? Here's the thing. I would actually probably vote for The Rock, but the problem would be is we would be way too close to idiocracy. Because like you have like a big muscular <laughs> guy in office, like, uh, uh, what's his name in uh, an idiocracy? I need to watch that again. Hey, I haven't Cruz. seen in that, that in decades. Years. Hey, Cruz <laughs> is the president in idiocracy. Like,
3: president like, Comanche, like, right, or something?
4: That's right. President Comanche. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. The Rock would for the, the office people's in elbow 2020, to Russia sorry what was that the rock would give the people's elbow to russia <laughs> that would be amazing actually right
0: final intro
2: speaking of the people's elbow i don't know what that means uh <laughs> we have mr adam hey what's up everyone i'm adam with big shiny robot uh, occasionally the board is held podcast with andy
1: wilson hi, hi andy. andy and andy i've got an idea for your podcast i'll do for the hall of greatness Ooh, talk to me Oh, also, yeah, and
4: uh, call me up uh, or text me. I have an idea. I'm going to be visiting a location which will give me more information to be able to do an episode with you. So we'll discuss.
0: All right. I'll just text him right now. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. <laughs> I can do that too. Uh, you also have me. I, but over... I know
4: Andy listen, so I want to say hi to Andy. See? Like, see? More, like...
0: I've been talking to him today. So. We've been talking oh, okay. about those CW
2: show, DC shows. Gotcha. Uh, you can also find me over at Cinema Queens with our good friend, Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. And what's funny is, is, since we're doing family-themed comics for, uh, December, for the month of December, we've been doing John Waters films, because nothing says, you know, Christmas like the gift only a mother can give. <laughs> right. Oh, so.
0: Yeah.
2: So uh, like a Divine. dancing
0: asshole? The dancing,
2: no. That's, <laughs> that's the one where uh, Divine blows her son. They show her blowing this guy on TV, so it's, <sighs> it's just lovely. Um... But yeah, doing all that, and then you can also check me over at Twitter, uh, at Sithbot underscore, that's S-I-T-H-B-O-T underscore, and then of course, curating our grinder Scruff, and Tights with a Z account. Also giving the gift that only a mother can give, we have Mr. Maya.
0: Hey, I'm Maya. I do things and stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Mr. Maya. Uh, Instagram at the Mr. Maya, Or if you want to follow my cat, uh, she... Has her own phone and opposable digits, and posts pictures on Instagram and Twitter at it's the Jonesy. She's really good at selfies. She's like great. really good. Yeah, she's great at like setting the camera up and putting on a time delay, so it takes a picture of her laying
1: down. That's pretty impressive. It really is. How else do we paint her like French horse? <laughs> <laughs> Would you call my cat a French horse? Yeah. <laughs> She puts on lipstick.
2: We are all whores in our own way.
4: Yeah, we are very whores. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of very whores, we have Mr. Jason. I don't know why I did that to you, Jason. I just decided to segue that way. It, wor-
3: it works for our relationship. It's all good. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm an independent writer in Los Angeles, uh, which just means I'm unemployed. Yay! And but you're uh, you're you can't find me on a waiter because if you're a, correct, if you're an actor. you be I'm, a waiter. Right, I've done that before. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, and you cannot find me on social media, and I like it that way.
4: Yes. That's probably a wise decision, actually. Yes. It makes me a happier person in general, really. You have nothing
3: to apologize
4: Agreed. for five, ten years from now.
3: Well, I still he, do, just not in the public sphere. That's fair. <laughs>
4: well, having tons
1: of to apologize for in the public sphere, we have Mr. Todd. That's the whole story of my life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, if I've learned anything, is it doesn't matter, just keep going. Hey, I'm Todd, you can... Uh, find me here on this show i also do um english class hooligans with brian this cat herder as well as my better half amy the sky scat- Hi, amy, Hi, amy. The scat herder. yeah that too <laughs> that's that's true
3: too. that
1: happens that so <laughs> we're working on an episode there you'll see something soon i hope and i'm here in some you have more faith than i do but okay do you do i <laughs> i don't know we'll see here's the thing Here's the thing. I
4: feel like when you have when 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 you have a baby on the way, all bets are off. And I have no, I'm like, I'm like, eh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. My mother is chomping at the bit for a new episode. See, mom, but, that's uh, great,
1: and I, I love your 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 mother is my mother in many ways. Uh, that is very very. <laughs> it is. I, I lived at
4: your house in more fact, than after mine. you told me, I know. And when you told me when the baby was coming, the first thing I did was call my mom and let her know. Oh, as well that's So she's excited for you.
1: You know, it's exciting and that's good. But yeah, we'll we'll see. At the same time, we'll see how um wrong my views on what life will be. So <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it'll be fine. We we'll have plenty of time to record it. The baby will be quiet for an hour. Why not? So <laughs> I nearly died laughing when you guys just give said her some that. Well, was... <laughs> you know, I've got some daddy's medicine downstairs. So, Grandpa's cop cert from last week. episode. That's right. And, you know, and this latest thing is we still haven't settled on a name. And I keep doing these things. So I, I'm i liking four-letter words that end in P. And I'm like, well, what can I name here? I'm like, what sounds so ridiculous over the top? But yet they're going, is he serious? He might be serious. So the one I've been digging lately is um, Shakespeare, Cleopatra, Isabella, and we can call her Skep. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and when people go, I mean, and it's how to make a little shit. Cause, like, who do you think you are? Shakespeare? And she goes, yes. Wow. See? Isn't that just awful? It's something. It is something. It's great. It's true. Now, here's the question for me. Do you want me to edit out your last name from that Oh. Yeah.
4: Thank you, future okay. Brian. Current Todd is an yeah. asshole. <laughs> no, it's fine. So, current well, Brian listened to that and said, future Todd's going to want me to future edit
1: that out so oh okay yeah you and I need to talk later about something else so okay cool that too it's part of it so with my kid we're going to go back to this because I'm rambling I don't give a shit I am totally so to make this kid happen was a group effort and there was twin Asian girls involved and there was lots of people watching (laughs) and this is all true and I kind of want to encapsulate that story somehow and forever enshrine it so, okay. so this kid happened because of IVF so you had doctors and nurses and people making sure other people weren't doing anything on unbecoming even though someone had like their arms like up to the elbow inside moving stuff around <laughs> and all of that was going on and you're just like alright but the first ki- picture we have of this kid is that se- the uh, embryo was seven days years old. Seven days years? Seven, seven days years. years. Well here's where it gets interesting is they froze it for like a month so mm-hmm. they, they put it in stasis for a month so how old is it i don't know <laughs> so you can do like the most awesome conception party ever for this kid each year, because like which day is like oh we know and we've got it right there that's good fun all right <laughs> so there's your lesson of tmi kids let's keep going okay uh and hey i'm brian follow I'm, that uh, shit i'm based out
4: of california <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm just a <laughs> It'll be fine.
1: That's what uh, she said. I do
4: stuff. I also, yeah. Shut up, pork. <laughs> um. Nobody anyway, was elbow deep in you, pork. I... <laughs> <laughs> Not yet.
0: Um, How does pork say yeepers? So Yeah. It... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> I do shit. Whatever.
4: It's. Yeah. We're, we're too far mm-hmm. gone at this point in time.
3: Book intro. Uh,
4: so, yeah. So, uh, Underwater Welder, um, as uh, I've, we described last week and we will describe again here, uh, is a story of a man named, I think it's Jack. Jo- uh, It's Jack. Jack uh, Jones, Joshua, something, like that, something with a J anyway so it is about this man he is an underwater welder it is coming upon the uh, anniversary of his father's death but it's also um he is about to become a father himself jack joseph is his name uh so this follows the story of jack joseph feeling the pressures literally and figuratively of about to become a new father and dealing with the death of his own father at about the same age that he you know his father became a father and um, also the pressures of you know literally being underwater um welding and so, uh, it's, uh, the metaphor is not hidden here at all kids. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but so that's sort of the, the basic gist of where we get started on this book. Does that sound fair to everybody? Yes. Yep. yep. Okay, cool.
0: Myification.
4: So, uh, Todd, what would be the myification for this book?
1: We, we've got Canadian twilight zone of, uh, Impending Dread. (laughs) Okay, I like that. Canadian Twilight Zone of Impending Dread.
4: Makes it sound darker than it it might be, but that's okay. It's a little bit dark. It is a little bit dark now, for sure. It it definitely has some uh, some, uh, darker tones. Uh, So, uh, let us jump into drinking game rules.
0: Drinking game.
4: Um, I'm going to go first. Uh, Mine is, this is Halloween. Take a drink every time there's a reference to Halloween, which is referenced a fair amount within this book. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game role?
1: That's a mighty fine mustache. Every time <laughs> okay. you've seen Jack's dad's mustache, go ahead and take a drink. Uh, Mr. Adam. So mine's called Those Cancer
2: Sticks will Kill Ya uh, whenever anyone's smoking a cigarette. Well, uh, Mr. Jason.
3: Uh, mine is The Dutiful Wife. Anytime Jack says his wife's name, Susan, Susie, or Suze.
0: And Mr. Maya. Uh, mine's called Under the Sea. Uh, basically, anytime that a scene starts underwater. So you only have to drink at the beginning of the scene, not as it continues right. and stays underwater.
3: It's good you okay. put that stipulation because otherwise people would be dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually I'm not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it
4: mm-hmm. is true. Uh, but uh, now we will take votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth your dear listeners' I thought we were going to do songs. No, that comes after votes.
0: Does it? Follow the agenda, Maya. I have an what? agenda printed out gonna, here. I was going to say last time I thought it was the other way.
4: No, oh, we did an order last time too. Trust me, I have been following this order
1: for at least the last episode. See, wait, wait. okay, I have not. I know it's been a week, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Sorry. This struck me as funnier than it should have. Um,
0: Validity votes.
4: So, okay, so for votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth the order, your dear listeners' hard earned time, money, and effort to go read this book, um, we will start with Mr. Maya. Yes. Mr. Todd. Yes. Mr. Jason. Yes. Mr. Adam. Absolutely. And I recommended it, so I'm a definite yes as well. Playlist. Let us jump into songs for the playlist. Uh, Mr. Maya what is yours Uh,
0: Mine is One by Three Dog
4: Night Did I ever tell you that's actually the first concert I ever went to
0: Uh, I think you have Also also your song was the other song That I had playing in my head as I was reading it And then I saw your text I know, that's why... You that, went for you the easy think, one. That's okay. That's why, I,
4: that's why I claimed it early, which is... Uh, so, we'll go away with that. Mine is uh, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. You could also do... Uh, is Ugly Kid Joe was the name of the the band that did it in the 90s, if you really wanted didn't to? can Stevens Stephen uh, it, too? He might have. That wouldn't be surprising. Um, I didn't look that far into it. I just was trying to look for the original, and I, I was like, I didn't remember who had written
1: it, um, or who had done it originally, I guess. Uh,
4: Mr. Todd, what is your uh,
1: song? Um, I'm going to it's a classic song, but Filter covered it, so we're going with the Filter cover of One Is the Loneliest Number. It's the same, That's the song. same song.
0: That's um, my song.
1: Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's done by Filter. <laughs> okay, fine.
4: Fine. I have One by Three Dog Night and One by Filter. Um, so uh Mr. Adam, what is
2: yours? Uh, so mine is Father of Mine by Everclear. You're not know, going to do uh, one uh, by somebody else. Come on. No. We can, all need to do, do, do one, one by Metallica. song. Metallica. I do One by Metallica. There, there you go. go. <laughs>
4: actually Jason you you have the opportunity to do one by Metallica if you want want
3: I'm gonna pass on that okay
4: what's your what's your uh, song then
3: Uh, it is Dance in the Graveyards by Delta Ray
4: okay that's seems fancy (laughs) I don't even know that band
3: oh you should they're lovely
4: they are lovely do you know them personally
3: no I don't but (laughs) their music is great
4: okay is this like some sort of LA hipstery band
3: nope okay Sexy more North Carolina than uh, LA oh
4: really okay so I'm putting in one by Metallica, and they're just for my own personality. Just do movie. it.
1: So, um, <laughs> so we saw Brian and I went to Big Adventure, and we saw Empire of the Sun. Yes. And there were more of a visual. The music was fine. The visuals were odd, and the visuals stuck with me yeah. more than the music did. So, yeah,
0: yeah.
4: I heard one of their singles. Uh, one of their, their, it's. I guess the thing for me about Empire of the Sun, not. For those of you who are fans of them, I don't really want to dissuade you on that. But the thing I thought was interesting is that, like, hearing a song of theirs on the radio, there doesn't, like, what their live performance is versus what you see on the radio did not jive with me. Like, those two things seem very different. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on, like, a really sort of big visual epic show, but their music feels very pared down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting that way. So, like, I, th- I found that odd. But, you know, whatever.
0: Final warnings.
4: Does anybody have any final warnings before we go into this book? I um, think people feel they should. Just know? like last week, it's a pretty emotional book. Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: You should read. The, I will you should read this book on mushrooms.
4: Yeah, no. Don't <laughs> you, <laughs> I will admit, I cried the first time I read this book. I got a little weepy the second time I read it, but not nearly as much as the first time. But I, I cried. So uh, also, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just watched Beaches for one too many times or something like that. but... <laughs> take that for what it's worth so i don't want to build up too much because i know that adam didn't cry when he read it so you know he's much more macho than i am so that take it for what it is actually yeah he is much more macho than i am so not really. maybe it isn't as yeah you are maybe it's not nearly as sad as i think it is but i I well i had more baggage going on with my grandfather when i was reading it so that's probably why it you know so if you've lost a family member it will it might speak to you that way so yeah uh, so anything about something else? No, nope. 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 dive in. Dive in. Oh, but I'm I see what, I'm what you changed. did there. <laughs> yeah. That's the writer talking right there. <laughs> I'm clever. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> you know it's funny when you get Maya to snort That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put this on your resume <laughs> saying, do it, or do you
4: know. or do yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, i mean why not go for it uh, <laughs> could be fun uh so uh yeah so then we will uh go into our little bit of a break and we will see you on the flip side Flip-y-flip-y. oh i should have warned like this is your this is your warning that we're going to spoil the hell out of this but whatever
0: If you have yet to read this week's book, and would like to read it now,
1: press pause, go ahead, we'll wait. Hey there! Are you queer or some variation of it? Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And, and welcome to Cinema, cinema queens, queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the Sunday happens to be... Gay
2: rant! So prepare your air holes! Hey, listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on itunes google play and stitcher bye bye
1: yeah there it is so everyone knows the imdb thing for the internet movie database is there some kind of should there be some kind of internet podcasting database of what podcasts everyone's been on and that sort of thing that's been published at some venue
4: oh my gosh that can you just imagine like that'd be amazing the
1: rabbit hole it would, would be really through.
4: difficult to track down
1: oh it'd be like you'd almost have it's like the movie industry in a lot of ways i mean yes but it's more decentralized but you could go the then you can play the games of like who's guested on who and how far does the rabbit hole go and it's like i'm three podcasts away from Alton brown <laughs> 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 who's on the nerdist wow so it wouldn't take that much to get there we just have to have someone who was on the Nerdist on our podcast, or someone uh, that was on a podcast that was with someone that was on the Nerdist. So this or is giving me a for memory.
4: us. It'd be easy to go through Geek Show. Geek Show's probably had someone who was who had done something with someone who was on the Nerdist.
1: So let's just have we can have Geek Show. or just I mean, were you ever on Geek Show, Adam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I a Adam's been on Geek Show. My husband been on Geek Show, and I've been on Geek Show. Oh. I'm the I haven't Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. So we need to get you on Geek Show, Todd. You're the only one who hasn't done it. You and Jason haven't done it. <laughs> sure, Carrie still doesn't even know who I am. I've introduced <laughs> myself like four times, but nobody cares.
4: But here's the thing: in, in Carrie's situation, like I view it as like he meets, he meets so many people all the time. Like I don't take that kind of thing. personally <clears throat> Oh no, at I, all. I,
1: I neither do I. I don't care at all. I just say hi. We've met before, you know, my buddy. Oh yeah, I should talk to him. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't even enter his sphere. Thanks for giving away my secret identity on uh, Geek yeah. Show. That's fine.
2: No, that's not your secret. That uh, you have the other name.
4: I have a couple yeah. of them, actually. I, I've used a couple different names on that show. Yeah. Mainly so I don't get myself yeah. fired. Yeah,
0: f- future like, Brian, uh, I would probably cut
4: that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably wise. I have a lot of editing to do about it. You're welcome, Brian. Yeah, it's fine. It's, <laughs> hard. it's, it's hard. all been my fault so far. No, it's, well, eh, sort of. Mm, no, It's really. fine.
0: Plot summary.
4: Oh kids let me tell you about the underwater welder back in the day no uh so we start cozy out, up around the fire kids uh so what we have what we start out with is seems to be sort of like uh you're not exactly sure what's going on but it's a a man smoking looking through his rear view listening to the radio and it's talking about how it's going to be a cold halloween and uh, he's drinking a beer and he puts on his uh scuba gear and walks into the water and then the ripples and the ripples transition into uh, a man, you know, shaving and cleaning his uh, beard in the water. He comes out and he's talking to his wife, who is pregnant. Um, they go out to breakfast in the morning and they're talking about how she wishes he could stick around. He find out he has to go out on this oil rig and she's pregnant and about to have a baby, but there's still at least a month, so he's going to be ready to rock and roll and he's going to go. So he goes out onto this rig and uh, he ends up going down and diving. And while he's down there, he thinks that he sees um, another scuba diver uh, down there and he ends up... Um, sort of like losing connections. He's not able to talk to people and whatever. Um, something kind of, he sees a, 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 a time piece, like a, a watch on the bottom of the sea. And, uh, they end up pulling him up out of the water because, uh, you know, he's something's happened and he's unconscious. So they pull him out of the water. They send him to the doctor. The doctor says, I can't run full tests with you on the rig. So I'm gonna have to send you home. So he goes back home that same day and he's going to be back home, hanging out with his wife. So his wife and him are driving around, um, And he and she basically tells him that, like, you know, um, you know, go get cleaned up, go start feeling better. He tells her like he goes and takes a bath as he takes a bath. He starts to um, like sort of sink underwater and he has this sort of dream of going and seeing that pocket watch again underneath water. And then he sees all the water above him and he ends up sort of resurfacing and sort of realizes that he's sort of maybe losing it a little bit. Um, He tells his wife that he wants to go visit his mom, which he doesn't normally do, and she's like, okay, well, I have this um, meeting with our uh, midwife tomorrow. If you can come do that, it'll be great as well. And he tells a story about how um, his dad used to sort of uh, tell him this little sort of rhyme about just uh, being at peace, sleeping on the ocean, that kind of thing, and so they fall asleep. Um, He wakes up, but he wakes up actually in his past as a child, and he's having a a, a dream about uh, his dad, um, he is hanging out with his dad and his dad is shaving and cutting himself like he had done earlier in the book. Um, and they go out and his dad goes and does some wi- diving. His dad is an underwater diver, but goes and does some salvaging. Um, and that's when his wife wakes him up. Um, so he goes and visits his mom while he's visiting his mom. He goes up to look at his old room. He finds, um, the obituary for his father who died on Halloween night. Um, his, his mom, uh, he asked if the watch, if the pocket watch his dad gave him was still there. And, um, uh, she doesn't remember that it's there she doesn't remember that she's ever seen it um he talks about how he used to have a dream that he would try to swim to the other side of the world to go find his dad and that by the first time he saw the uh, bottom of the ocean he was actually disappointed that he actually saw the bottom so um he's having memories of his dad um having died and uh, has this memory of his dad salvaging um all of this stuff and uh gives him the uh, the pocket watch um, and uh, he suddenly then re- wakes up and realizes the time has passed by, and it's 7 o'clock at night, and he's completely missed the appointment with his wife. Um, so he gets home. She's building the Ikea um, uh, baby uh, crib. Crib, crib by herself and really mad at him. He decides that like he's so haunted by whatever happened to him out on the rig, he needs to go back out there and die, dive again. So he leaves his wife a letter saying, hey, I'm going to head back out to this, um, and takes his own boat out, and he goes and dives himself while he's out there diving by himself his wife's water breaks and she's about to have the baby and they don't know where to get a hold of him um, so while he's diving he sees the timepiece again and he grabs it um, and uh, he ends up sort of having this moment where like uh, he starts like freaking out and he has these memory flashing going on and uh, it basically transforms him back into uh, into a different time and space so when he re-emerges he basically is in this town and the town is completely abandoned. He's the only one there, and he can't, he's on the rig. He's trying to get a hold of people, can't get a hold of anybody. He goes home. His house is empty, um, uh, or he, go, he goes back to his parents. Uh, he starts having memories, sorry, of his dad uh, after he had gotten the watch, taking him home to uh, see his mom and uh, her. You know, him telling him that he wanted her, him to his dad to start picking him up from hockey practice. Uh, his, he hears his parents fighting about it and that kind of thing, so, um, the, he's now walking through this town. He goes back to his this is when he goes back to his own house. His house is abandoned. He is in this abandoned town where there's like his, his town his version of it is completely empty except for himself. And he's there for long enough that he grows a beard and a mustache, kind of like his father. And he wanders to the old bar that his father used to hang out at, and that's when he sees his father. And he kind of transforms back to his dad. And he's, he's telling the story of um, or he's, it's from the night that his dad was supposed to pick him up from hockey practice but didn't do it, and he walked there and he's really upset at his dad. So he goes out there and, and he's talking to his dad. His dad is you know, trying to apologize for missing out on um, picking him up and whatever, and he's really mad. And he throws the, um, the pocket watch back in the water, but he then apologizes for his dad. His dad uh, says, well, maybe one day I'll get it for you. So he ends up sort of still wandering around town. He watches. He writes, where am I on a window? He sees all of the uh, sort of haunting things from like memories of his past of when his father died. Um, and, his, and he decides he's gonna to try to leave town and try to make an effort at it and he starts driving and driving and driving and he can't he keeps seeing the same town so he realizes that he's stuck sort of in this town um, so he, he starts talking about how he was always able to fix things um, by welding it was easy to pick stuff back together again so he starts building the crib himself start trying to he decides he says he's gonna start trying to put his life back together again and maybe that's the way that he will get out of here um, he goes back to um, his old house and he sees his younger self and he basically tells his younger self hey man I'm sorry but your dad's not going to show up and his younger self says yes he is and so the younger self starts going and wandering to try to find his dad um, there is for those of you who are Jeff Lemire fans there's a fun little reference um, on one of these pages that you'll see some trick-or-treaters one of the kids is dressed up as Sweet Tooth another character mm-hmm. of Jeff Lemire's that he was very famous for um, from Vertigo Comics for little inside, little joke for those of you who are, that, are aware that, of that. Uh, he was um, working
0: on when he was working on this, too.
4: Yeah, he was. And I, I love Sweet Tooth um, as well, but that's a totally different book. Um, we'll get into it. So he goes looking for his dad. He doesn't find his dad, and he goes out uh, to the bar where his dad was and tries to find his dad. And then that's when he suddenly has a realization that his dad has probably gone diving for that watch when he died and that he was responsible for his father's death and starts feeling a ridiculous amount of guilt um, but then it actually finally starts to rain, and he starts hearing the the radio, and he has sort of has in, having these flashbacks to when his father died, and he decides that he is going to go back in the water and try to dive and change his life. He's going to take um, move forward, and he's going to try to be a better father than his father was, and he's going to try to be um, you know a better man, and he's going to give up all the you know sort of selfishness that he's been doing. So he goes and he dives, um, and he kind of as he's diving, he sort of transforms back through his childhood. And he finds his dad underneath the water um, who has uh, his, uh, his watch. And so he scuba dived down there. And so he, a little boy version of himself and his dad, they hug and embrace him water. Um, and they have this moment there. So then um, Jack wakes back up and he has the watch in his hand. Um, he's being pulled up out of the water by a fellow diver who has found him. They tell him that his wife is um, about to have a baby and uh, he needs to get home. He runs home just as the baby's being born and uh, he sees his child's face for the first time, and he has the pocket watch from his father in his hand, and that is where we end the story, and that's where I get all weepy. Um, and the anyway, cat's in the cradle so, and the uh, silver spoon. Silver spoon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: Analysis.
4: So that was sort of the brief, like, and here's the thing is, it's not necessarily a completely deep plot, but it does have sort of this, it, it does, I, 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 just to start out with, one of the things I think this book does really well is this sort of Twilight Zone-esque transitioning between memory and current day and, like, sort of this Twilight Zone-ish sort of experience as this way of um, exploring his emotions and exploring his fears and um, and all that kind of stuff. I think is done really, really well. Um, this sort of, like, flowing in and out. Like, it's sort of... Memory is not sort of like a like memory and, and con reality in this book are not sort of like a constant state, like it sort of flows in and out and, and the past will come, come up and haunt really quickly. And so it makes everything seem very current and very, uh, you know, like all of the, you feel all the drama of this kid's life of his father dying and all the baggage that attends that and him being a scared little boy, and, miss, and just wanting to connect with his father And then you also feel the pressure of him Not feeling like he's going to be an adequate father And that's sort of like you realize mm-hmm. he has a sort of fear Burning away from it And that's that's sort of where like all this sort of like Swept me all up in this um, well, who, uh, who else has some thoughts They want to share with us
0: Well I was just going to kind of play off that Usually or, or sometimes in books uh, Especially in a black and white book mm-hmm. When they jump back and forth like that It's really hard to distinguish When they do Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have that problem with this book.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought yeah. it. I thought it. It very distinctly was like, "Hey, here's the past. Here's the present. Here's the past. Here's the present. Yeah. Here's memories. Here's." Uh, whereas other books, sometimes it's really hard to tell. You'll be like three or four pages into the time jump and be like, "Oh, this is a different time."
4: Yeah. And to be honest with you, it, the only time it's been a little bit tricky for me in this book was doing the summary where I'm flipping through the pages relatively quickly and not reading it. But the mm-hmm. way that it's written, it actually, when you're reading it as is, it's not that uh, it's not that tied up. You know what I mean? Like it, right. you, you kind of get and go along with the whole thing, and it, it all sort of makes sense as a cognitive whole. A whole <laughs> said whole. <laughs> uh, Jason, I'm curious uh, from a writer's <laughs> aspect, what your thoughts on this are.
3: I was actually just going to jump into that because uh, for me. I'm immediately pulled in uh, when Jack and Susie are having their first conversation because it's it's such a, such a simple scene, but in comics it's really hard to do a back-and-forth character of just two people talking in a diner. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Jeff Lemire's writing is is so good. It, it uh, is able to balance that line between... Um, them teasing each other versus her being concerned that he's not going to come back versus him just being kind of adrift. Uh, and it all just, it all plays together really well and sets up not only what their life is, but what his struggle is going to be over the next few issues. Um, mm-hmm. and for me, the, the dialogue between them is, is really the core of it. Uh, and then also his, um, sort of monologuing as he's, uh, just trying to figure out what he's going, uh, uh through in life and the end of having to come back and be present and, um, it's all just, it's really well-written, yeah. Uh,
2: Adam, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, I, I read this one a while back because you had, you know, recommended it so much and we were just having a, a chat, you know, via mm-hmm. text. And so I picked it up and just tore through it and then I read it again today. And again, it was, it's something that just sucks you in and won't let you go. Um, you know, as I stated in the last podcast, you know, I have kind of a contentious relationship with my father and it really dives into that, that thing it was like, you know, as a, as a kid, you, like, you look up to your father so much and then, as an adult, you fear you're going to turn into your father. I think a lot of times, because well, you Neil, know, because when you're when you're a kid, you you your parents are like gods almost, like they can do no wrong, even if they're not the best parents in the world. You're still really you look up to them. And then, as you become an adult, you can look back and see like, oh, this is where they made mistakes, and that that relationship dichotomy you have with them changes from that being okay; these are these are like people I look up to. To hey, these are like mentors and friends, and then you also are trying not to make the same mistakes in your life or with your kids that you saw they made with you and with this you know, with this character like he didn't get to have that his you know his relationship with his father was stunted because of you know I don't know if we said this or not but it's kind of hinted at that his dad died by suicide you know because of you know he was the last thing his son said to him was he was all upset with him and angry and stuff so as he's trying to become a father himself he's just wrestling with this like I mean that's why he has to go back and you know and almost in time and deal with this because he's like his wife and his mother says, like he's obsessed with his father. He's like, like, look, he wasn't that good of a person. You need to let him go. But he was never able to fully do that because that relationship was so stunted. And I think it's really fitting that he ends with the birth of his, his son, because it's like, you know, he went through all this. It's, it was his way to train him how to be a good father and Mm -hmm. how to at least, you know, take the first step towards doing the right thing and how to be there for his kids because he didn't get that
4: uh mr todd what are your
1: thoughts as someone who is literally <laughs> feeling the pressure of about to being a father i'm kind of curious you're, dude right. yeah this is you know it's just about to happen or do i he's, successfully he's, sequester it away in a deep dark corner he's got to go
0: go back to work and seclude himself that's, that's right
1: true. so i'm gonna go there i'm like oh I'll just take a day off and go bowling i'll be fine <laughs> that's a reference to my grandfather by the way for those of you who don't know so it's always funny though it
4: is okay i'll tell the story real fast all no. right um, well since you mentioned it and then we'll get back to you um so my grandfather uh was a, a farm man as a dairy farmer and he really desperately wanted to have a son because uh, that seemed to be something macho that he needed and he had three daughters so finally when his son was about to be born um his uh his wife was uh, in labor and she was telling him it's going to happen really soon the doctor's like you got some time maybe you want to go get something to eat it was a Sunday in the small town in Utah. So, the only place that was open was the bowling alley. And the way my grandfather tells it, he's a saint for what happened. But he's like, the doctors know what ha- what's going on. So, he went to go get some food at the bowling alley. Well, there were some guys who were going to bowl in a league game, but they're short one player. And if he hadn't have stepped in and <laughs> bowled with them, they wouldn't have been able to play in that league game. And so, my dad, my grandfather, being the saint that he was, completely missed the birth of his only son. <laughs> because he was bowling, but he loved to tell the story, and in his version, he was a total saint. My grandmother would just roll her eyes every single time. So anyway, that's the I could just go bowling reference is a family joke amongst my family. So
0: anyway, Todd, funny. please
4: continue. It is.
0: No, he, he left to go bowling.
1: Oh, sorry, Todd's gone. <laughs> uh, Bye. <laughs> I don't want to think about this. What are you trying to do? I have some self-introspection going on? a little but bit i mean adam's already just saved
4: me a little bit of therapy bills by uh, by his analysis of the book we'll there you go
1: out. um well what's interesting here is i have a great relationship with my father and i am incredibly lucky for it and actually he's my boss too and every day i'm grateful i um, know some people that um you know life turns out different for everyone but i knew some people in their early 20s they had just gotten married and then their parents came for them for financial help and just different things go on like this and every now and then i just go to my dad and say thank you for letting me rely on you and having instead of you relying on me Mm -hmm. and so it's very much a story of someone going is the um what is life going to be like is things are coming and impending and i might dismiss it if i'm not paying attention and then what'll be left and that was kind of my takeaway with the here. I mean, he he had his missing father, so he missed his childhood. His father missed his childhood and his adulthood, and it was left this big hole. And he went to this place of where he was missing, and he missed everyone else. So it's um, for me watching it. It's just kind of a uh, take a breath and just kind of you know have a Buddhist moment of be. Is really at the end of the day, is it's coming stuff's coming life's okay it keeps plodding on and just kind of be so
4: what we're learning from this is, is if you have issues with your any parental figures this book will bring it up uh-huh and if you don't have issues with parental figures this will just make you think just be calm and and, and deal with life as it comes
3: and being thankful or it'll bring and up issues
1: being... you
0: didn't know were there
1: exactly there you go there's always that as well you know and my dad was awesome and if we're gonna let's flip this a little bit because I lost my mother when I was 16 she had a heart attack Mm -hmm. and was gone and that really sucked Mm -hmm. and Brian was there and Brian was the greatest friend of all because he didn't say anything about it he just let me watch movies in his basement and I did that although your wife thought I was an asshole by the way well, Which is always funny. But yeah, so, that, well, your flip side was, well, if he wants to bring it up, he'll talk about it. And I never yeah, do. Exactly. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like,
4: every, everyone wanted to ask about it, and so I didn't. So I would basically just kidnap Todd, and we'd go watch movies. Every movie that came out that summer, we saw in the theaters at least twice. Oh, we did. we go to the movies all the time. And so when he started dating Amy, what, two years later? Uh, Maybe a year later? A year later. A year later. Yeah. She wanted, I mean, obviously she's dating this guy whose mom has passed, and she wants to know about it but she doesn't want to ask the guy so she's trying to ask me about it and i'm like i have no idea she's like really and i'm like i really don't and she's like what kind of asshole friend are you well then when mom when, when amy's mom unfortunately had an accident yeah. i did the same thing I, did for Todd. I showed up i took her to get ice cream we went to a movie like and just treated her normally and let her have an escape from how I fucked up and then all of a sudden she goes oh i get it like it was, but, but it was until unfortunately that happened she thought this guy's an asshole like doesn't give a shit about his son's or his best friend's mom's death like does not care at all which is it was kind of funny like in retrospect it was
2: funny yeah it works well and to be honest you know when when you lose a family member like you like you know lose a friend or something like that you know the thing i always say when someone's like oh thoughts and prayers while this and that it's like honestly sometimes like you're already going through your own personal hell so you need a friend like that just be like all right fuck you let's get out of the basement let's go watch a movie let's get ice cream let's you know Mm -hmm. do whatever because that's part of the healing process is like you have to let your mind do other things and just dwell on the fact that you just lost someone you really care about.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. tough. I mean, as you watch the, uh, if you take a look at this uh, magnificent physique of manliness before Maya and Adam here. <laughs> See, braggart, <Rack>. right, Eddie? <laughs> hey, Eddie. <laughs> but no, I mean, so that happened, and I still, you know, and what what's interesting is you've got in this book, yeah, this moment in life where you remember seeing his dad going off swimming or whatnot. He just didn't come back. I still remember the night I came home, I was out playing. I might have been with Brian for all I know, maybe not. Probably not. It was a school thing. Brian and I went to different mm-hmm. high schools. So this was during the week. So Brian wasn't involved there. But I remember telling my parents goodnight and whatnot. And then my dad ended up taking my sister's boyfriend's home and my mother was having trouble breathing. So my mother and my sister left trying to take her to the hospital. But I got woken up by my aunt saying my mom was in the hospital. And she had already um, she had gone into a coma at that point. So what was so crazy is I remember saying goodnight and I love you parents type of a deal and I'm going off to bed and then I'm getting shaken awake by my aunt going your world has changed forever. Mm -hmm. And that's bizarre. And I think having a kid is bizarre. And what does this mean? Because I've now been with Amy for 20 years now because I'm a fucking old man apparently. Well you also started dating at a very (laughs) young age too. It was Utah. Yeah, So, there is that. Why don't you
0: have, like, ten kids already?
1: Oh, because my sperm don't unlock the door. (laughs) They're knocking them. They knock. If they get inside, they get the deed done, but they
0: can't
1: can't pick the lock. (laughs) I'm not kidding, either. So, but yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, and then what's life going to be? It's been the two of us for 20 years, and that's great. And then with this thing, we've grown together.
0: To this
1: thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. It's um, a parasite. It is a parasite. The um Just for a couple more weeks. Dude, for the next 35 years. <laughs> Come well, on. By the time this episode comes out, you will be a dad. Yeah, so there you go, kid. You can get some of my thoughts about this here. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be really it's it'll be interesting on how things are inexorably going to change. And I don't know how it's going to be. I have my thoughts about it, but the truth is, I don't know. And I'm not quite sure about that, because I'm usually pretty good at sussing out. But right now, I'm still just kind of in this weird malaise. People are like, am I incredibly excited? I'm like, I think so, but I can't really (laughs) tell you that. You're excited, you're terrified, you're lots of things. It's a lot of things going on, and I'm like, it'll be fine. I mean, cavemen raised babies. I mean, I take a look at some of my uh, extended family members, and I'm like, they're still... Are back. they cavemen? They might be. Uh, they, well, <laughs> they're Republicans, yes. So, I, I mean, I've got family members that have openly bragged about voting for 45. So, but they're still around, and it'll be fine, but it's kind of
2: weird. So, when my buddy uh, had his first kid, did I tell you the, the only piece of advice the nurse gave him when he walked out with his baby? No. No. Don't shake him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Yeah.
2: He's like, uh, you Are you serious? Like, I'm just, I, I'm i taking home a human person, and your t- only advice to me is don't shake him. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll figure out the rest.
1: Yeah. Well, his, his kid's going to be 13 soon, so. Hey. Did something right. He's made it this far. Made it this far. There you go. So, yeah. So, this, I mean, there's introspection is occurring here, and it's, and it's a little bit, it's not quite, it wasn't the, it's the legacy of loss and then what is the future going to bring that might be different and the hope so he was dwelling on the loss but wasn't there and then he's looking at something future that is there so is this the missing piece that's going to fulfill or is it just going to add to? and I still haven't decided yet so it's really made me think about it a lot which I guess is a sign of good literature Mm -hmm. and the medium in there but it's I haven't really settled on my feelings about this book
4: yet. Well, that's fair. Why don't we jump into cocktails then, since oh, you know, we've all been so self-introspective. We need, we need some booze.
3: Cocktails.
4: Um, I'm going to jump in with uh, one that I'm calling the Captain's Son, even though there isn't a captain in here. It's sort of a seafaring town. Um, and it's a simple, simple cocktail. So if you need to get drunk quickly, there's a nice, easy one for you. It actually it sounds really tasty. Um, I can't drink it because I'm on keto but it sounds delicious uh, so it is two ounces of Captain Morgan spiced rum and five ounces of ginger ale you combine, combine the ingredients in a double old fashioned glass and if you want to you can garnish with a lemon twist nice simple straightforward to the point um, Mr.
1: Todd what is your cocktail mine's the uh, cannonball rum so <laughs> oh, it's okay. um, actually a reference it was a drink that Bill Murray was drinking in the um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou okay. So that's where this one comes from, but cannonball (laughs) rum and, you know, it just sounds great. So this is one part white rum, one part gin, one part OJ, one part pineapple juice, one part lemon lime wedge soda. Sorry, one part lemon lime soda and a part strawberry soda. So take all of these, serve it over ice with um, pineapple or a tropical orchid to garnish with this thing. So these are all the ingredients. I think gin and rum you can get in Canada, uh, but I don't think any of the other ingredients. Canada. Are Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy. Okay
4: uh let's see uh mr jason what is your cocktail
3: uh, mine is actually uh, a virgin drink since it's named after susan the wife um <laughs> his uh one uh, ounce of orange juice half an ounce of lemon juice uh, five ounces of ginger ale and just a dash of grenadine i uh, can pour over glass stir and if you want you can add an orange slice or a lemon twist that's simple to the point yeah wow. <laughs>
4: Also not keto-friendly, but that's okay. Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail?
3: Uh,
2: So mine is called The Welder. uh, And to get started, you need to make a chili uh, syrup. So the way you do that is you take one cup of water, one cup of sugar, uh, one small red chili halved and then seeded. Uh, You add all this to a pan. You bring to a boil uh, and stir to dissolve everything. Once it's at a boil, you take off the heat and let it sit for 20 minutes. And then you strain the chilies out. So you just have like this, you know, spicy, sweet syrup. And the way you make it is a a shaker filled with ice. You add 1.5 ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Aperol, one ounce of the chili syrup. You shake the shit out of it, and then you strain into a rock's glass with ice in it. And then you garnish, if you want, with a little red chili on top.
0: Fancy (laughs) fucker.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mr. Fancy fucker himself,
4: Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? Uh,
0: So mine's a bit more of a tropical drink, but since they do live on the bay, uh, I went with a Bay Breeze. Uh, take one cup of ice Two ounces of cranberry juice Two ounces of pineapple juice One and a half ounce of vodka uh, And just mix everything together in a highball glass And garnish it with a lime Very sweet,
4: straightforward, to the point Also classic just like cocktail Just like
0: <laughs> Yeah
4: Roar. Uh, cool Um Roar. That's well, how my grandma died <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Parting thoughts Cool,
4: does anybody have any parting thoughts? Anything else they want to bring up about this book?
1: I think I'm alright. No, I espoused fine. quite a bit. I'm I'm good. You you know, it felt like a therapy um, session. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit like therapy session.
4: The one thing I would like to sort of mention a little bit mm-hmm. is is that um, some people either love or hate uh, Jeff Lemire's art style. Uh, it the way I sort of describe it is is that it's sort of similar to like in the art movement of um, primitivism. It's sort of his, his art style is not as flashy as and smooth as other uh, other art you will see. It has sort of like a sketchy. Quality, but I believe that, in my personal opinion, it adds to the emotional quality of it. It, mm-hmm. it feels more like a, a journal in um, a lot of his art. The most mainstream thing that he's probably drawn is actually Sweet Tooth. That's the thing that looks the most mainstream, but a lot of his other stuff has sort of like this more of a sketchy quality. My wife personally doesn't like his art style. I really do. Um, but just that, that can be uh, something that I just feel like probably should be mentioned. You know, some people have their own opinions on his art style. Um, the other thing I'll say about Jeff Lemaire that I really love is that. I think he's brilliant but the other thing is is he also puts out a lot of work so there's a lot of stuff to read so it's it's never a situation where you're like wow I'm just waiting for that next book to come out by whoever come on, Jeff. he writes a lot of stuff yeah he, he, he is he is very very pl- prolific which is kind of nice um, and all the stuff but the exception of the first book of Animal Man although the second book kind of renamed it a little I bit I disagree with uh, you but, on that you didn't like the second one? No either? I
0: loved the first
4: one yeah i didn't like the first one but i like the second one so you know it's it's how it goes so anyway well then so if we're going to start getting into some uh Dissenting arguments. Let's go ahead with final grades.
3: Final grades.
4: Uh, for self-contained, <laughs> uh, which it, it is. one Do shot we even story. need to vote for this? <laughs> no, you know what? I'm skipping that one for this yeah, week. okay. Like we should have skipped Good it last one. week as well, but I'm skipping it for this week.
3: Writing grade.
4: Okay, so we'll go for uh, writing for Mr. Lemire. It's Mr. Jeff Lemire for both of them. Uh, for writing, what is
1: your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, I'll give this an A minus. I really enjoyed okay. it. It was going through, and I've been chewing on it and thinking about it for quite some time so yeah minus. Uh, Mr. Mayo
0: uh, I'm going to give it an A I uh, read it when it first came out which I didn't realize was as long ago as it was and mm-hmm. it was it was nice and refreshing to reread it again and I forgot just how much I liked it so A uh, Mr. Jason
3: uh, it's an easy A for me uh, both in the dialogue um, and the narration of the story itself um, and the uh, scene headings it's just it's, it's all around very, very well done
2: uh, Mr. Adam uh, I'm going to go with an A as well I, this book is really well written the emotion comes across so very strong and poignantly and you know like, like I said it, just, it, it hit home with me because my relationship with my dad hasn't always been the best uh, and even nowadays it's still you know it's, it's a friendly thing but it's not it's not what a, you know some guys have with their dad. so uh, for yeah. me it really hit home and I think this is just an amazing book that anyone can read and enjoy so
4: cool uh, so then we will oh and my grade i'm gonna go with an a i obviously i love this book i recommended it and hopefully this will make up for my deadpool recommendation
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i'm still upset with uh, hashtag that. never
4: forget <laughs> i know <laughs> never i'm still waiting for someone to recommend something else shitty so that it will no longer be i'm just i'm just the most recent i'll just recommend purposely something
0: recommend bad. something shitty that way i'll just take i'll take the fall
4: Take the blame. You'll take the bullet. Yeah. You know, I don't want that to happen, though, because I don't want to have to read something shitty.
3: <laughs> art grade.
4: For art, for also Mr. Jeff Lemire, um, what is your grade, Mr. Adam?
2: Uh, I'll go with an A as well. I mean, this it's it's very ephemeral. It's, it's definitely weird and strange, and because of the fact that a lot of it, decent parts of it take place underwater, you really get that across. Uh, it's a little bit different than what I'm used to. It's a it's, The style's kind of off, but at the same time, it for me in a black and white comic, it really... Punches you, kind of, you know, right in the face of making you pay attention to what you need to.
4: Um, I'm going to also go with an A. I understand this art style is not necessary for any, everybody, including I know my wife does not like Jeff Lemire's art, but I love it. Um, but uh, so for me, I, I really like it. And if you do like Jeff Lemire's art style, um, I would say uh, Matt Kint is similar in the sort of sketchy quality of his work. Check um, out and also he... check out
0: Mind Management.
4: Mind Management is one I've been reading. I also really like Department H. Um, I think is also very good and I'll recommend some other Jeff Lemire books um, for my recommendations at the end of the, the I, book, I, I have right of
3: book.
4: Oh, I'm sure, okay, well me and Mr. Meyer will duel on Jeff Lemire recommendations because I have a full shelf of it uh, so uh, for Art grade uh, Mr. Jason, what is your grade? Uh,
3: it's an A, um, I think it's, you're right it doesn't appeal to everyone but I think for the story especially, it works it's a very uh, gritty unpolished look, kind of like a, a film from the 70s um, I think mm, yeah, I think it, it works for the locale <laughs> and the story. I think it's great,
0: uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm there with an A as well. I've always liked Jeff Lemire's art um, because he doesn't do it on just any book. It seems like whenever he does draw a book, it's his art complements that book, um, mm-hmm. and
1: I thought it did here, so I'm going with an A. Well, and uh, Mr. Todd, I'm going go with a B plus. I mean, it was good, it was well done, but it's a B plus for me.
0: Final
3: grades.
1: Cool. So then for overall grades, uh,
4: what is your grade, Mr. Todd? A minus. Uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm going to go with an A. I, I
0: really like this book quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm going to go with an A. I absolutely love
2: this book. I really enjoyed it when you recommended it to me, and reading it again today just reminded me of just how this book just means a lot to me, because I've, I've already explained why, but it's <laughs> it's one that everyone should read, so
4: i'm gonna go with an a as well i just i really love this book i love the hell out of it and uh even though even though it makes me cry i really love it and mr jason what is your grade
3: it is also an a shockingly
4: okay
0: grade point average
4: that brings us to a grade point average of 3.94 which is an a minus just not quite an a thanks. um <laughs> thanks a lot Tom. no it's fine that's uh, that's still a yeah. really great grade point average um, so uh, yeah, so I think I still think that's fair.
3: Next week on Funny Books
0: on Firewater.
4: So uh, next week we're doing Starve. We're doing both
1: trades of it. So what is that? Twelve issues? Yes, twelve issues of Starve. Okay. So Brian Wood. No, thing wait.
0: That... Oh, never mind. I was thinking Death of the Family was next week. I forgot we had another. No, we're doing week. Death of the
4: Family last. We're doing the last one is Death of the Family. I didn't realize there Hopefully. were five. Mm-hmm. In, uh... Yeah, there are. Surprise! Hey. hey! <laughs> Uh, so, Todd, why don't you give us a little preview as to what the book is we're going to encounter next week.
1: All right. So the book is written by Brian Wood. Um, we've read his stuff in the past. Mera, um, DMZ, um, even Alien Defiance were all things that we've reviewed on a show. So what um, Starved is, it's kind of a cross between Running Man, Iron Chef America, and um, <laughs> as what's going on here, and a little bit of Death Race 2000 mixed into. So um, the drawing and the art style is very reminiscent of DMZ in a lot of ways. So if you dug that, you'll love it. If you hate that, you'll hate it. And it's a whole lot of fun. Um, The
4: other thing that we're planning on doing for next week, and uh, hopefully this all works Mm -hmm. out. uh, I have shipped some hot sauces over to Todd. Todd's shipping some hot sauces to me. Yes. Um, We we are going to rip off blatantly one of Todd and I's favorite YouTube TV shows, Hot Ones. And we're going to have a hot sauce challenge while we're reading this book. Um, so, uh, we'll probably put up some of the videos of that on YouTube as well. So, if you want to watch us be whiny bitches and burner our mouths, or you want to hear us uh, burn our mouths while well, eating mm-hmm. ridiculously hot hot sauces, um, which I, I I told some people about the one like the three I three of the four I have are actually not bad. The last one I have is holy shit,
1: right? Um, and but um, we're ripping it off to such a detail. I bought the same hot sauce, the end hot sauce, as this YouTube show. It's called the Last Dab. And, yeah. um, the, and they actually make it themselves. So Yeah, they make it themselves. It's a naturally growing pepper. And it um, I think the hot sauce comes in at 2.2 2 million, Scoville. And yeah. So, yeah, I guess Pepper X is like, what, 3.3 3 million? It's something to that effect. Yeah. So the hot sauce pepper itself X. comes in. Oh, yeah, it's mean. And the uh, peppers, there's two different kinds of Pepper X peppers in there, and they're listed primarily in the hot sauce. And... it's not a third fourth or fifth item there it's items one and two so it's mostly of these peppers and whatnot so it's going to be awful and great fun (laughs) don't
0: sugarcoat it (laughs) i'm gonna love it jason will you be joining us for this i would (laughs) love to recommendations uh so let's
4: jump into recommendations uh mr maya what is your recommendation uh
0: so if you like this book and you like kind of slice of life anthology books uh check out essex county by jeff lemire uh it's kind Hmm. of an anthology i think it was originally three different stories maybe four
4: it was it was three different uh, graphic novels that they got combined into one thing he also won like a, like a Canadian literature. Oh yeah, prize no, for this
0: that. Is the Essex County, if I remember correctly, uh, which I might not, um, was like the first big thing that he got noticed for, um, yeah. and that kind of led it, to his working at DC and other in Marvel and other places.
4: Winner of the American Library Association like Alex Award, winner of the Doug Wright Award, winner of the Joe Schuster Award. Um, it was actually like the top, like number five Canadian novel of the year not even necessarily graphic novels but like novel of and the it year came out in what, like
0: 2008
4: i think uh something like that yeah. yeah uh 2009 is the complete version of it so it was coming out before then it, it says on the uh on the myification on the inside label it says farm life family drama hockey <laughs> and graphic yep. novels okay yeah that that probably is one of his masterworks actually cool um well so then i will also jump in on that uh for other Jeff Lemire books that I really like, um, if you like this, I would also recommend a series that he just did called Royal City, um, which is about uh, a family dealing with the, uh, uh, the the death of one of the siblings, and their father has gone into a... Uh, uh, has had, a I think, a stroke, so they're all going back... The family's all kind of recombining in their old hometown, and they each are sort of haunted by a different version of the ghost of their brother that died or their son that died, and they all view him as sort of like this different person the mother who uh, views him as a priest and a saint um the daughter views him as a little child that he she still needs to t- take care of one of the sons views him as a drinking buddy the other son kind of views him as the same age that they lost him um and the the father uh i can't remember what the, the father views him as but uh it, that one's pretty great uh the other one i would recommend um is uh descender which he just wrote but uh he didn't uh he didn't illustrate it but uh it's his epic space drama which i think is pretty fantastic as well um about a a robot that was built to be a uh playmate for a child who was uh powered down and then gets powered up 10 years later and his adult child has uh grown up and the world is now terribly afraid of robots and uh he is uh it's he's trying to find his uh his former best friend who is
1: now a grown old man so uh mr todd do you have recommendations i do um a little bit of a left turn on there, but I got somewhat recently the omnibus for Seven Soldiers of Victory by That's Grant Morrison. So good. So, I mean, and it's Maya can expound on this a little bit more, but it's the um, seven characters going through here. You got Zatanna and Frankenstein and Zatanna, Frankenstein, the mm-hmm.
0: Guardian, Clarion, the Witch Boy, Bulleteer. Uh, who are the other two? Mister Miracle.
1: Mm-hmm. And So oh, Shining Knight. And Shining Knight. So he really took these characters when they were kind of left on the shelf for quite a while and he fired them back up again.
0: Yeah, and the Mr. Miracle in there is not
1: Scott Free. Scott
0: Free. It's it's Shiloh Norman. It's the it's the second Mr. Miracle.
1: Sure. So yeah, but it's it's filled with Grant Morrison awesomeness, so you know I've got Adam's attention here <laughs> as it goes through and it's all sorts of good fun. The best thing about it,
0: or the mm-hmm. thing I think it's funny is, so they're a superhero team, but they never meet each other until the final issue. Like, this threat kind of mm-hmm. works their, works its way into their lives. It was originally seven four-issue miniseries, one for each character, bookended by two one-shots. And, and yeah, they never actually meet each other uh, until they're facing kind of the final threat in the very last issue, which I thought hmm. was kind of interesting and cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: Mr. Adam, do you have any uh, Yeah, so there was, a, I was at my friend's house the other night for uh, board game night and they broke out this game called Shadow Hunters. Uh, it's like 25 bucks on Amazon. And it's kind of fun because it's kind of like Werewolf or Secret Hitler where everyone has their own identity and no one knows what it is. You could be a hunter, you could be a bad guy, you could be just, you know, a neutral person. And the way it works, you roll dice and uh, depending on what you roll, you move to certain cards on the board to let you do things so you can... Uh, draw a black card which can attack people you can draw a white card which could be like equipment or something good happen to you uh, or the green card unless you, you give it to someone and only you two see what it says but it's like if you're a shadow or a hunter you have to take one damage so if they take no damage then you know that this person's a neutral person and then everyone's got their own life bars everyone has their own uh, basically way to win the game and then if you want to you can actually reveal your character to use its special powers which could be attacking someone it could be you know healing damage whatever you want uh, it's really, really fun. It only takes about twenty minutes to play, and it's definitely something that years a lot of replay value. So, uh, just it's a really cool, fun little game. Nice. Just like Adam. <laughs> okay. And uh, Mr. Jason,
4: do you have any recommendations?
3: Uh, Yeah, Uh, since we're in the middle of the family drama month, uh, and people are going to be around their families for better or for worse during the holidays, uh, I'm going to recommend a tonic to help deal with that stress. It's the (laughs) Great British Bake Off show, (laughs) um, or the Great British Bacon show in the US, uh, and it's just a wonderful um, escape for whatever ails you.
4: Okay, I like it. So join us next week for starve and for us burning our mouths on hot sauces because we're morons. But I've always wanted to try this, so I'm glad that I have other, you know, stupid people to, to try this with me. Because uh, after watching this show, I'm like, this I want. I just want to see how hot this really is. So prepare for us to be stupid. I guess that's gonna be it for this week. Um until next week, uh, thanks for listening and uh we will see you later. Bye.
1: Bye! Bye So that happened. Thank you
0: for joining us for this week's episode. This band of not will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as funny books, and, and on Twitter as at firewatercast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for
3: joining us.
0: And until next week, support your local comic shop, Keep your bartender well, and stay hydrated.